<laughs> it would be a Wolves fan, eh? On goes Wolves. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. What a goal! Hello everyone and welcome to Wolves Fancast on a day of tumultuous, stressful and downright depressing news and I'm not just talking about Sinead O'Connor. Um, welcome to uh, the podcast, Stu, Andy and Adam. How are we this evening, gents? I've got the window open listening to the rain to calm me down before it all starts. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's a strange one. Andy, are you well? Yeah, not bad. Um, yeah, as well as you can be being a Wolves fan at the moment, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, Adam, the most follically gifted of the three of us, how are you? <laughs> well, uh, that's one thing to be happy about, isn't it? I suppose, on this, well, present company accepted, of course. Uh, mood probably <laughs> current, currently matches the weather that I'm looking at outside, which is... Um, I guess I can only describe it as dank. It is dour, dank, and uh, and all the other uh, words beginning with D that escape me. But yeah, I mean the Sinead O'Connor news uh, hit me like a ton of bricks. To be fair, there's an interesting story on uh, for another podcast about her and Prince allegedly trying to uh, offer for stealing. Nothing compares to you, but that's uh, for another day. Welcome to everybody joining us on the socials across uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, we will try and get in all of your comments as and when we can. Uh, Peter Yam Yam 54, Dean Marsden, friend of the show, has messaged in as well. So get your comments in as we go along, uh, boys and girls. And we will do our very best to comment as much as we can on uh, on your comments. Um, so obviously there's a lot to go through. The three main points today are going to be the finance fiasco, uh, Raul Jimenez leaving for... Pastures new and uh, Lopetegui's uh, second bombshell interview. Well, we'll discuss actually whether it is a bombshell interview or not and kind of break that down into a bit more detail. The first point, though, around FFP and the is it, isn't it question. So depending on which reporter slash journalist slash Wolves Twitter celebrity you read and follow, there is a lot of different things coming out of the woodwork when it comes to what Wolves are willing to spend and what Wolves can spend. And it's come from a few different sources, really, depending on, again, what you believe. Stu, I'm going to come to you first as our resident numbers expert, if that is such a well. thing, um, <laughs> and, look at, and look at some comments on uh, Twitter made from uh, Craig Spillard. Do you want to just talk us through kind of amortization and what that kind of thing means and, and what your understanding is, because you kind of ran some of the numbers as well yourself and what the, the logic is behind all of this. Yeah. Uh, well, Craig is watching, I think, so hello. Cheers for this. Um, amortization is basically, say, you, easy one, 20 million pen signing. Amortized cost is on a five-year deal. It's f divided by five, easy. So you're basically paying a fifth of what the total transfer fee is. And that is how Wolves do everything. So the vast majority of clubs do a lot of things. So when you say, oh, couldn't you sign for 40, just say 40 million quid? He didn't, really. He signed for a fifth of that amount. So you total all that up and everything, and that's where you get the amortisation cost of, I think, 68 million um, last year in the last, well, last set of accounts that we had. Um, so Craig's run these numbers more succinctly than I can um, and basically just blown the lies out of the water really <laughs> that you look at all the, the calculations there turnover 185 million wages 136 agents fees 8 player trading minus 2 total 142 million percentage of turnover 76 percent further spend allowed on wages and transfers 24 million available to spend on players 100 million quid this is all down to first and putting the hand in the pocket, 
which they're perfectly entitled to do because of FFPs calculated on a three-year rolling cycle. So it's not just last year, it's and it moves on and on. Um, other than last summer with uh, Matthias and then the splurge in January, which is no one splurges in January. That's all we really spent for three years, if you looked at it. I mean, this is not made-up bollocks. It's, this is in club cases on company's house. Anyone can go and look at this stuff, if, yeah. if you're bored enough like I am. You can go and look it up. And and I've said this for ages now. I've said this, that it doesn't make any sense. All this blurting on for, for almost years now, that what they've said doesn't make any sense. And it's lies. Why? Who knows? But the fact that all this stuff, and the thing that came out today... <laughs> The um, Liam Keane's video with with Judah saying that if we, if we had agreed a fee with Alex Scott, the club would have turned around. That the the bean counters would have turned around and said, "Oh no, we haven't got the money for it." Well, that's clearly bollocks, isn't it? No, no, no business runs like this. I mean, you can get if if you're talking about Albion then, and the gardener who owns them, then yeah, because they're in the shit, and that is why. But we're owned by a, a very successful multi multi business conglomerate in Fosun who know what they're doing with numbers it's not hard so do you really think that someone like that is going to say oh yeah it doesn't matter we'll employ people to go and look for people look for employees and then when it comes to it ah no you ain't got the money to, it's just been a waste of time it's absolute bollocks yeah. why on earth and I know we'll get into the Lopetegui thing after but just from this stuff this is what I've been saying on here for a long time Craig's just put it very, very well in in words that you can read and understand better than I can describe. It's basically saying we ha if they wanted to, they could spend hundred million, but they don't want to. Okay, looking at the um, at the profit and sustainability, then interesting. This again, I'm not a numbers kind of guy. Profit and suitability allows teams to spend ninety percent of turnover on wage transfers and agent fees in the twenty three twenty four season. Reducing to 80% in 24, 25, and finally 70% in 25, 26. Andy, playing devil's advocate here, is, is, is all of this a shrewd move by the club to get finances in order before the belt tightens? In part, yeah. But the problem is we've had this year on year. This isn't the first time that they've come to us saying, you know, we need to be a bit more fiscally aware and make sure the books are balanced for FFP. They said it last year, they said it the year before. And as Stu pointed out, this is a three-yearly cycle at this point. We're not looking at the championship season anymore. That's no longer really a factor in where we are. If it was, then I could sort of understand why we'd be having to look over our shoulders a little bit because obviously the finances from championship football, uh, you know, it's a, a drop in the ocean compared to Premier League. So I think there's trying to dampen expectations and then there's taking the piss. And this feels very much like the latter at this stage, when we've made 80 plus million. Uh, I haven't got the exact numbers in front of me, but I'm sure our friend Ash Dolan said it was about 80 million when I spoke to him earlier that we've made this season. Like you, you can't make that much money, even if you take into account some of the the piss poor recruitment that we've put in over the last few years. There's no way that that 80 million hasn't already covered it, plus the money that they're allowed to put in to cover any losses. So mm -hmm. it just feels like a bit of a mess at the moment. And there's too many people saying slightly different variations of things. So it's very difficult to know who to believe in this situation. And I think that that's the, the key there, allowed to put in. Because from... From what everyone else says, forget what I've said and what, what Craig said and what, um, I don't know, Johnny Phillips is going to be mentioned in a minute. From their point of view, from what's been reported everywhere else, technically FFP is an issue if they don't want to put their own money in. Technically, yeah, because you only get the £105 million over three year thing because of owner, owner input and all. It's all very boring. But if owners don't put money in, then you're not allowed to lose as much, obviously. If they're not putting any money in at all, and yet we know that they they wiped off that 126 million last year, or two years ago in the books. Um, but if from zero, from zero input from then on, then we are in financial fireplay trouble, but it's their fault. 
This is the key part. It is their fault. They could easily snap their fingers, we're fine. But it's their fault. They're doing this to us, and there's no real need to. This the profit and sustainability thing is a, is a UEFA thing that the Premier League have just adapted. So they've just took it on board as is. So that's why it's over three years to get clubs to come down. Only, I think there's two clubs in the entire league would qualify for the 70% at the minute on wages. So it's not going to happen. So I think we're on about 74. I think, go on. Let's bring in uh, Adam for this. I want to get his thoughts on what um, Johnny Phillips, you know, has, has, has put in. Interestingly, you know, part of the Wolves stable of reporters and in a in a, an expressive star column that he put together um he said that as part of the strategy Foson want upwards of 50 million pounds um in terms of profit this window clear out was probably required there will be incomings and best to assess it all at the end of summer but the the, the key the smoking gun here is ffp not a major issue neves was always leaving for hefty profits so when you read things like that, um, Pricey, what, what's your immediate thoughts? And we've got contradictory things coming from this, this, this Marvel Civil War of Wolves, uh, Wolves fandom and Wolves reporters. What were your immediate thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, my, my, my view, as you, you, you can, guys can tell from the group chat, is, is like aligned with Stu's when it comes to like the FFP. I've, I've never, I've always thought it's been like a, a, a crock of shit, really, and probably being used as a smokescreen essentially for the owner's <clears throat> proper intentions being in the fact that they're just choosing not to, to put that, that money in anymore. Reading the Jolly Phillips thing there, the immediate thing you think of is wanting a profit. Well, that kind of doesn't, <laughs> it's almost someone needs, someone needs to remind Jeff that you, you don't really get into football to make profit, do you? Especially at this level, a Premier League level, it just, it's the wrong. He's in the wrong industry. If he thinks he's, you know, he's in. Another investment company and everything, or an investment conglomerate. But you're not going to. Not no one's going to get a profit. Tell me, people who consistently make a profit in in this business. I mean, Bright, Brighton. To be fair to them, make a good fist of it. You know, if you look at their um, spends over the last few years, I think that you know net, net spend they come out. I think like dead last, pretty much they. But they've they've got. An embedded recruitment policy that means that they can just sell stars and just pick off and pick off the next one off the off the South American conveyor belt, and we're not at that position just yet in their regard. But um, it just doesn't ring true, and and the way that the club are behaving, it's almost as if like we're about to go into administration, like as we we're saying, yeah. just mm-hmm. like um, we can't even afford, like we go to. Bristol City to bid for Alex Scott, and then someone taps on on the shoulder and say, oh, "Actually, we can't afford it." And left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. If that if this is to be believed, because I can't for one second mm. really fully believe that that's the case. No, um, I, I, I struggle to believe that. Yeah, I I, I I really can't. You don't get to where these people are, and where like I'm talking about the people behind the scenes, Boston itself. Walls of the club. We don't get to where we are, where that sort of shenanigans goes on, where we bid for a player, and someone says, "Actually, you need to pull that bid because we can't afford it." Um, the, like I say, the, the behaviour that, that we've got at the minute just doesn't chime. It's like we leads back in like the two thousands after the Ridgedale Spence, <laughs> and we've got like tropical fish in the fish tank in the boardroom, and they've got to be sold as well. You know, we're asking, we're talking like like we're in that situation. I want to get your thoughts, um, Andy, on on a comment in the chat that we've had from uh, Iindy. Apologies if I've butchered your name there. Uh, Iindy Mac, um, we've received 143 million from the Premier League for finishing 13th. We earned 100 million in sales and Fosun borrowed another 99 million from the government. Jeff Shee's taking the piss. That 99 million loan, Stu, you probably know more about that. We'll come to you in a minute about that because that's kind of a new thing that Wolves were the first to take advantage of, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. But Andy, from your point of view, give me some give me some thoughts on that comment. It's a fair comment, isn't it? Um, I think the ninety nine million isn't that just associated to running costs, so that will be to help us through the season pay wages at a regular pace. Oh, so yeah. I don't think that would then go into the actual 
pot for transfer fees. So I think you can sort of set that government loan aside because that's more like it was a change to that Australian bank that we used to use. It's just a slight change on those things, I believe. But he's right. We've had nearly a quarter of a billion pounds just off Premier League nonsense that generally goes on. Then you add in all the extras that, that come on with the extra players that we've sold and everything. So he's taking the piss out of us a little bit here. But the, the problem is that they've done a half-decent job over the last couple of years by doing this Ask Wolves, the, the videos that they've done over the last few seasons. They've got a lot of praise for, for being open and honest. Whether or not we particularly liked some of the messages that came out, they were quite forthright in telling us. And it feels like it's a move back to how it used to be, where it's all a little bit clandestine. And I'd rather know the, what's actually going on from the horse's mouth, even if it's terrible news. Mm-hmm. But the speculation that's going on, we've got Johnny Phillips, who is on, on the inside of the argument. I, mean, I know he's a journalist, but he's still got very close ties inside the club. We've got people like Liam Keane, who's probably a little bit more detached from the club, being an Express the Star journalist. And it's all just, it just all seems very nefarious, to be perfectly honest. Everyone seems to have their own little agenda and there's nothing, there's no cohesion about what's going on. And it makes for very worrying times when you're a fan and you've sold several players. There's talk of Kilman, obviously. Um, Napoli was sniffing around at 40 million euros. I know there was talk of a new contract, but that seems to have gone quiet. And could we afford to give him a new contract? (laughs) that's another thing that is obviously in the back of your mind as well so they're taking the piss out of us by using their mouthpieces to just spread disinformation yeah Mm. i say the um when it comes to sorry to interrupt when it comes to things and i know we want like full transparency here we want to try and keep it as balanced as possible but you know when people talk about the signings that were previously made like the money we've had to pay for cunha guedes that's because of the um, the way that transfer works, those don't affect us in the in the immediate, do they? They're over a period of time, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's what I said. It, you, we pay in sixty eight million as of to forget them because it's you got to add them all together. But as of last year, say we were paying sixty eight million a year in interest payments. Really, that's that you you effectively pay the minimum interest on these players. Um, and every club does this. Like the whole thing that was pissing me off about the Jota stuff with, oh, Liverpool owe us money from Jota. And no, they don't know because this is where the Macquarie thing that you mentioned, Andy, the Australian bank comes in. Um, it was for, like, that when they said the 140 million from the Premier League and the 99 million pound loan, it's not the same. It's one or the other. The 99 million pounds, it's an advance on your Premier League um, TV money. Mm-hmm from the year after. So even if we got relegated, it'd be covered by parachute payments. So don't get, calm down. Um, don't use that R word yet, Stuart. No. no. <laughs> you know, well, we'll come Sarge, to Raul later. All <laughs> Sad during the group. That's, that's, um, that's another thing. Um, Adam, I want your views on this. Is it about time we get that tweet of the corner flag, not because of a sacking, but because of a general statement about the affairs of what's going on at the club? Dean Marsden makes a good point in the chat. There's an incompetence as well as penny pitching everywhere. The ticketing system, home kit on Instagram adverts before release, ticketing pricing, it's all not good. There does seem to be a sniff, a stench in the air of, <laughs> of something afoot. And, you know, we've had comments already in the chat of the club um, being in a position to sell, things of that nature. I don't, you know, such is the, the, the fan cast influence. I don't want the share price to go down and we'll... And, um, you know, more than you guys up for sale or anything, but something feels strange. And there seems to be this snowball of, of things that are going on at the moment. You know, do you think the, the club would be beneficial in releasing a statement and just saying this is the situation and it being from an official channel as opposed to all these varying different voices having different opinions and there not being, you know, a message from the club? Is it, or, or am I missing the point? No, yeah, um, absolutely. There's... There's enough um, bad feeling that's that's kind of snowballing up, like you say, through, through a lot of things. The 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 interviews that that Lopetegui is doing, whether they be sanctioned or unsanctioned, probably the latter. Um, the ticket prices thing, obviously, it's come at a horrendous time as well. You know, yeah. I mean, 
you work it out if you're if you're a, a family of four and the only place you can get four tickets is a billy wright center you're going to be paying over 250 quid for four tickets i mean it, it's fucking banana <laughs> and um and then you've got obviously we've all saw the bollards with the, the paint flaking off that's been doing the rounds as well we've saw flaky bollards never mind the bollards never mind the bollards exactly um yeah I mean, there's obviously not an investment going into making the ground look decent um i mean whether or not the club clearly have let it have let it the ball slip when it comes to the, the fan engagement i mean they're never going to do a an ask wolves thing now based upon what's what the, the feeling and what's going on now and all the questions that surrounding on do we have any money to pay the electric or or not <laughs> um, which you know i mean if we were that if we were that stuck for cash gilman wouldn't be would he he would have been on the exactly early doors mm-hmm. yeah well, don't, that's another reason to you know to raise questions on it, and, and like you say, I mean, me and Stu listen to like Price of Football because we're boring, and like we know on there we know how like this this amortisation works, and, that, and uh, people now are coming around to how that works. And when I say people, like the average fan, you know, slowly starting to come around to how these things work, and that then in turn raises more questions to where where why we're in the position we are now. But I mean. When you say precursor to a sale, I mean, probably not immediately, but I mean, it's, it, it's certainly there's, there's the hallmarks of the interest going from the club. So when they came in, that they made the ill-fated, like, like mistake number one was when they said, when we got promoted, oh, you know, we, we feel we can challenge for Man City and all the rest, yeah. all the usual shit that comes out, which you can, no one are never really back up. And then... We had a good, obviously had a good couple of seasons, but now they've maybe they've realised that you know this is just the big boys' league. It's just too big for us, and we're not willing to put the money in to get to where we want to go. We always we almost reached it, didn't we? Those two years when we came seventh and we had a running Europa, but now when you realise big six is now a big eight, essentially, what have you? Maybe they've they've, they've come to the realisation that it's maybe not for them. I mean, that raises all questions further on from that as you know who would who would buy Qataris say this anyone <laughs> or you know who would take us on from 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 Fosun, but um it might be coming you know it, it's something might be coming in the future because I can definitely see there's a bit of a lack of interest coming on yeah um before we talk about one of the the major outgoings um the last thing I want to touch on before we move on to the Jimenez news is going back to this this Alex Scott bid, the bid that was, the bid that wasn't. Um, depending on what you believe, a bid was accepted, and now the when the Wolves have put their wallet out, they've realised they've not got the shrapnel to be able to pay for it. It, it. it has to be absolute bollocks, doesn't it? With respect to the people reporting it, and they can only report what they're told, I fully respect that. It's got to be a load of bollocks. There can't be incompetence on a level of that magnitude, Andy, surely? I mean, come on, if if you work for a company and you are tasked with the financial side of things and you're telling people that they can spend that much money when we can't, your head would roll quite quickly. You wouldn't <laughs> be in that position very long because you can't be trusted. So it either reeks of someone being incompetent or it's bullshit. And I'm sort of leaning towards the latter because, as you pointed out earlier, you don't get to be in the Premier League at this level, being that incompetent, surely. Yeah. Wow. And it's, it's it's almost like if you... Like, I bought some some night dunks for the season because my trusty old Adidas um, fluos broke. And you get to the checkout and you think, well, can I pay on by Klarna? And that's me doing it because I'm quite stupid with these things. And of course I did. But you, you're not doing that with 20 million quid, are you? And the fact that uh, the dilly dallying around when everyone knows that he, he the twenty five million is his fee, everyone knows that they've come out and said he, the managers come out and said he, and yet we put in a little pissy oh twenty two twenty, you know what I mean? It's almost like they're deliberately putting money into now full well that it's going to get rejected to say oh at least we tried because they've done this shit before. Is that the Jess Moxie tactic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's just, it. It's a bizarre circumstance, and then I don't know if it's you know something coming out of the club quick. 
we need we need we need a voice. We need something to justify why this isn't going on or, or etc. I'm not sure. One of the um, pieces of news that came out today, obviously, is the sale of Raúl Jiménez to Fulham. Complete the signing of a 5.5 million pound deal, two year deal with an option for a further 12 months. Um, Five seasons at Wolves, 57 goals in 166 games. We'll go down, I think, as a club legend, regardless of the the very meandering end to his career at Molyneux. Um, it's obviously very sad. I put in my work chat this morning. I'm in a state of mourning and I need people to be very kind to me today. Um, but it is, it is, you know... It, just a continuous feeling like the end of an era. And Stu, you put on a, a, a tweet today, or an, is it an X now? You put on uh, you put on an X now or a tweet now, uh, today about the RIP, the end of the era. Talk us through like how that, you know, we knew it was coming, but talk us through how it made you feel. Yeah, because it was, if you look at that kind of period of time where if you go back even what, 10 years and you think, oh, what do we want to be? Can we be a Stoke? Can we be top half? Can we, can we push for eighth? in the Premier League and we'd all be ecstatic at that and that's kind of where we are um, and we want obviously we want more because we've had a taste but that time of coming from nowhere really and the 12 players that we signed in that first year under Felsen and then Nuno and everything that came in after that so 2017 to to lockdown in March 2020 was the best time we've had in our lifetimes easily it, it was it was magnificent and Oh, the two book, the two books that Spears wrote, the one on the promotion and the one on the first year in the Premier League, over there, the great books, coffee table books. If you can get hold of them, go and get them because it is like memories for a lifetime, and we we would be lucky to get that again. I mean, you talk to people who are in their fifties, in their sixties, who saw a bit of the seventies and stuff like that, and like some of them said, yeah, this is the best side we've seen. So. Yeah. If we haven't won anything since 1980, and they're talking about this side who didn't win anything in the end because of reasons um, at Wembley that did win anything, yet they're judged higher than the teams from the 70s, and you know what I mean. So, from our point of view, yeah, Neves was always going to go. It was sad. What happened to Raúl post Arsenal? He wasn't the same. But the first time I'd ever bought a. a national team shirt that was in England was the Mexico one because of Raul because he's I think I'll put a tweet out last year it was either last year or the year before um, put John Richards Bully and Raul and for me you you can't argue with that because yeah we've had strikers since Bully Ebanks Blake and Kevin Kyle and whatever but other than none of them are going to match up to them three and we didn't see John Richards obviously but the people who did Probably in the same same breath, and he was magical for us. And that is that era is. I mean, yeah, Doherty's back and Johnny's still here, but it doesn't really count. They were the forward players and the midfielders were, were the who was here in that magical time, and now it's all gone, and it's sad. And even though Raul's been finished for a long time, and yet cue him scoring fifteen goals for Fulham and beating us twice. Here he was done. Um, he should have gone last summer. He needed he needed a fresh start. We needed him. The ghost of what Raul was out the way, but it doesn't mean to say that we're going to be disrespectful for you before the Arsenal game, because he was the, he was the best that we've had. Mm -hmm. No, well put, Andy. From your point of view, I mean, I've always said that injury almost didn't make a difference to us because the trajectory he was on, he was never going to stay at Wolves. Like somebody would have swooped in for him, yeah. and we wouldn't. We, we we were going to be without Raul one way or the other um what's his legacy at wolves now now he's left you know i'm not saying he's outstayed his welcome because that implies there's, there's there's malice there and there's meanness to it but that you know a lot of people may think of or at least time time will be very very good to the in the legacy of jimenez when mm -hmm. you know once we can forget about the last couple of seasons but what is his legacy to you at wolves and what what does it what does his five years mean for you that the last two years you are right they will be forgotten i mean they were forgotten last night when it was announced everyone on twitter was kind of gutted even though as you say we've seen this shadow of the player he was but 
I'll tell you a little story. So last year I went to New York. Uh, I sat in a diner having breakfast one morning. I was wearing my wolf's top and the um, the Mexican dude who was serving breakfast, he came over and would talk to me about Wolverhampton Wanderers <laughs> because he recognised the badge as Raul Jimenez's team. Mm-hmm. And we've never had that. Even with these Portuguese players, yeah, great, but it's still very, still European. And we, we always get recognised when we go abroad on holiday in Europe. But I was on the other side of the world and in a country that wasn't my native country, it wasn't that person's native country, but it got recognised as being Raul Jimenez's team. So for me, yeah. that's the first thing I always think of is being there and this complete stranger just recognising it. And that's it. He made us an international team, I felt. And I know a lot of people who are older, like there was that LA Wolves video that went out, which was great. But in our generation, we've never really been known outside of Europe, to my knowledge. And that was the first time it felt like we were something, something a lot bigger than what we were. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. his legacy for me. He's taken us to that next level. No, beautifully put, mate. Thank you. Um, Price, I'd like to get your thoughts on this comment in the um, in the chat. Please get your comments in. We want to get through as many of them as we can. Um, if nothing else, Raul, Pedro, Neto and Johnny injuries cost us probably 150 million in their valuations. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that might be a bit of a stretch. But, I mean, actually, in some respects, if Wolves didn't have bad luck, they'd have no luck at all over the last couple of years when it comes to injuries. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think, actually, Wolves have been really unlucky? And if they'd have sold players at the right time, at the peak of their uh, the peak of their powers, we might be in a different position now? Or, actually, would player incomings, based on what we know about FFP or the lack of worry, not make a difference? It's a fair point, to be honest. Because um, I remember, probably it was might might have been after Raul's second season, maybe the first. I'm not quite sure on the timelines, but there were very concrete links, you know, very persistent links about Man United being after um, Jimenez, and for quite high figures, if from what I can recall, I can't remember the exact figures, but I remember them being quite a lot. Um, and we managed to keep him, you know, and then obviously. Obviously, when he had his injury, you know everyone would have gone cold on him after that. But I mean, Johnny's had two really two bad ones, and he was there, Mister Seven out of Ten, and and now he looks like he just literally can't be asked. So that you know that he's, we're not not going to get anything much for him at the moment. And Neto, well, we're still finding out whether Neto is still the player of old. Um, hopefully, hopefully he, he can be, but it's it's a difficult one because. I mean, I hate. I don't want to lay with the point with Brighton, and it, it pains me to use them as a model club compared to us. But they do know when to sell, right? You know, they do sell off their yep. crown jewels, and for massive figures. I mean, what's what's Casado being touted for now? Upwards of seventy million or, or more potentially. And you know, and you know full well, they already know who who's, who's going to get to come in to replace them. Um. So in a sliding doors moment, or an alternative world if we sell Jimenez after his second season after our, our Europa League well no when, when we just after that season where we qualified for the Europa League sorry you know we could have been talking for a lot a lot of cash and I guess it depends on then whether we would have invested that wisely or whether we'd have gone out and bought Guedes at that point and, <laughs> and wasted the money then but um it's a it's a fair point I mean I mean those it, I reckon those out of those three, we probably would have been more likely to have sold Raul and, um, and Neto, I'd say, out of, the, out of the three players mentioned. And I reckon you get, could get over 100 million for those. But I mean, as it is, you know, what we're going to get, we've got five and a half million for Raul and Johnny will probably walk out somewhere, back, you know, maybe to a Spanish club for probably the same, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, this is 5.5 million more than we had before. Um, is that a good way to look at it? I'm not sure. I mean, from a legacy point of view for Raul, to echo Stu and everybody else's words, you know, he's formed part of the greatest period of my life following this club as well. Um, you know, we'll always have, I'll always have Braga away. Do you know what I mean? I'll always have memories of, of, of just 
that period of time as a whole, not just Raul, but that period of time as a whole. Um, and yeah, it is sad. It is sad that that, you know, the, it, it does feel like very much turning of the page now with the way things are going on and with the different kind of shit shows that seem to be happening that are concurrent, <laughs> that are consecutive, going over and over again. <laughs> it just seems like a really, really weird time for Lopetegui's <laughs> bombshell interview. Um, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. I'm very conscious that we've gone for 35 minutes. So we're just going to have a very, very short, literally five second break just to allow our faithful podcasters to pause when they listen to this <laughs> in the morning or something like that. But uh, we're going to have a very, very quick break uh, and we'll be back in uh, 10, 15 seconds or so. This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. We all carry different stresses, big and small. It could be from work, stuff going on at home, or just from supporting a football team. You flatter to deceive, and as the bedsheets have always said, let us down. We often bottle up these stresses and try and keep a lid on them, but when you do that, it can start to affect you negatively. That's where therapy comes in. It gives you a place to get these things off your chest, get down to root cause, and figure out how to work through what's weighing you down. Therapy is there to help develop positive uh, coping skills. It's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. It's about empowering you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not look and give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners can get 10% off their first month using the code betterhelp.com slash wanderers. That's betterhelp.com slash wanderers. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Wolves Fancast for the second part of this crisis podcast to dissect. I'm down in the nuclear bunker in Ashmore Park, as a few of you have already commented. Nothing to do with the fact that I haven't got the strip lighting fixed in my garage, uh, but nonetheless. Um, so we are going to talk about the bombshell interview. Um, or is it a bombshell interview? Is it stuff that we've only already heard before um i want to talk about the background to it though Stu. first of all this is strange this is this is bizarre that this has even had a chance to come to fruition that the club either hasn't vetted this or even worse has vetted it <laughs> and is this lopetegui's friend angling for remove before we talk about the nitty-gritty of what was said it's bizarre that they, we're even having this conversation isn't it I mean, when we had him on, um, on here, and he seemed like a really nice guy, didn't he? And Guillaume, not <laughs> Lopetegui. Um, and when he was at Sky, he always seemed like a, a proper sound journalist, but he's kind of disappeared off the face of the earth doing his own thing. And this seemed like a very easy win for him and his brand, Guillaume. Um, I called bollocks on it straight away, and then... Literally minutes later, he put the saying, "Yeah, there's a there's a video interview going up, and and there was the YouTube countdown, <laughs> um, watching it from two minutes in." But for someone who's got, obviously, it was his job for a long time. His audio was awful, for one. Um, I know we're talking on here, and you're in your your pit, um, but he, he mic'd up Lopetegui, but not himself, which was odd. So I don't think it was. It could have possibly been sanctioned since it was in a hotel room and not like a proper conference place. It's almost like his his mates found him and said, "Well, you do this interview with me." You know, yeah, okay. And he did it. And I don't think it was a bombshell in the fact that it was the way things were said and how certain things were clarified for us. Like he, the plan changed in May. Like we we knew that the plan had changed from what he'd been told because that had already come out. We didn't know it was May. We weren't saved by May, technically. But there's a, there was a lot of things. I mean, I, I was 
I was watching it in the kitchen and I just kept looking back and I, when I was doing dinner and it, it was just really weird. Like the whole thing just, it didn't seem like it was like real life. Like we, how, how many times has he spoken with his translator next to him, even in press conferences normally? And he's doing it in his second language. Yeah, he's been here for six months or so now, but still, he's doing a whole interview in his second language in a hotel room with an iPad. <laughs> like the whole thing was just really bizarre. And then he's come out and said, "Yeah, we don't have. Pl we had a plan A and plan B." Matt obviously is a great guy, whatever. And then we couldn't do plan B, A, and now we can't do plan B either. You know, well, okay, if it is this bad, then you wouldn't be here, would you? Because you've been told the lie and you'd, you'd be claiming the compo compensation from them for mis well, breach of contract or whatever because none of it made any sense. Anything that came out yesterday from anywhere made no sense at all. And then to say all the stuff about, yeah, I understand that it's not his choice who gets sold because he's a coach. We, we know that anyway. But to say, yeah, he wanted Raul to stay when he didn't play him last year. <laughs> Um, and there's a lot of other things like and like Guillaume put the things in saying yeah um, your best players and mentioned Johnny in one of them and Pedent and you think well you clearly don't know what you're talking about do you mm. and then the thing he said about Pedent and he said he might be sold and then he doesn't know who's going to be sold well if there's if there's no plan A and no B, plan B then how can you possibly know what's going on none of it made any sense to me yeah um we're going to go. So, there's some thoughts that were put in the fancast uh, Twitter account. Uh, not going to name names or start to talk about agendas or anything like that. But <laughs> uh, it's got a couple of the comments that, that were put on these sources. I thought they were very well put together as well. Two of them I want to speak and get both Andy and Adam your thoughts on. Um, fans need to know the situation in order to help and called on the fans to help more than ever. What what does that look like? What the fan how, how can fans help? You know, we're not talking about save wolves. What is it? What what, what Andy? How, how do fans help this scenario? Is it is it by not doing this this format? Talking about it? what what? How can we help? How can the mere mortals of ourselves? We can't, can we? Really? Let's be brutally honest. It's nothing but empty platitudes. It's a case of. Yeah, we know things are tough, but we want you by our side. It's the whole, it's the whole bollocks of when we were during lockdowns and oh, we didn't do very well because we didn't have the South Bank there. <laughs> it's just bullshit because if I am that vital to the success of this club, where's my fucking money? Like if I'm that important, fuck you, pay me, and they <laughs> should be. Exactly. We're not, though, at all that important to the club. Let's be perfectly honest. They don't give a shit about us, realistically. As long as they get their fucking 250 quid for a family or, you know, however much the season tickets are costing in the worst stand in the fucking world for Billy Rice, like 800 quid, that's all that we are to them. We're just a cash cow. They, we can turn up, we can clap and do all that nonsense and whatever they want us to do, but realistically... It, it, it actually offers nothing because they've still got to go on the pitch and do something. Yeah. No, again, um, Price, similar kind of thoughts. So, you know, a uh, family man yourself who takes kids to the games, you know, is it your responsibility to make sure we're nurturing the next fans at Wolves? Like, <laughs> what, what do you make of that comment about the fans, you know, being more important than ever? Or is this just kind of... Um, He's, I mean, he's got to say that, hasn't he? He, he I, I suppose, actually, toxic atmosphere, everything else. We need to go into the season positive. We can't let that breathe out onto the players. You know, is there any levity there? You know what? Well, as Andy's just said, I don't know. It's just empty words. The fans are more important than ever. It's PR guys probably just told them to say that. Just, just say something good about the fans. Just try and keep them on board. But doesn't mean anything. He could have literally said anything he wanted to because we would rather just see with our own eyes what's going on rather than what the manager says in like a PR trained interview or something. We can, we all know what's going on. We've got the lack of investment, the the tatty stadium, the prices going up. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, I mean, it, 
it, it will continue as long as people, unfortunately, as long as people go and still buy old stuff. But as we know, they've got football fans by the Jaffers and other, I suppose, the other lady bits because they all know <laughs> they're going to go. Because, like, fans will not will do anything possible not to give up football. They will cut everything else out of their life apart from the football. The football's the last thing that, that will go. But unfortunately, like, that's the only thing that will drive any change is if, you know, people stop going, stop buying the things. And I might be hypocritical in this, you know, because it's not, it wouldn't be easy for me to give up either. You know, just like, like you said, Matt, I just, I just started taking my lads first year of the season to it next year. I mean, bloody hell, if this continues, he must have thought he's been bad all the time if I'm going to take him down to Molyneux all the time to watch, <laughs> watch this share of shite at the minute. But um, it, I don't I don't know what they. I don't know what they want. I don't know what they want. What, what, what else would would they feasibly expect from us right now with how it's going? I mean, the only thing that we we cling to at the minute is, as Johnny Phillips has said, is let's see where we are in the summer. Uh, sorry, at the let's see where we are at the end of the summer, i.e., when the window closes. But I mean, the season starts in how many weeks? Is it two? Three. Two, two, two and a half. Three, three. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Two. Yeah. Two and a half weeks, pretty much. And I mean, we haven't got a lot of forward progress to to show. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Though, look at the comment there from from John Bradbitt's popped up. The, the, the legacy fans. If every word pisses people off, it's that word legacy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That just it just it's just because we, we all know now what the sort of fan that for Premier League clubs, especially, are after. They're after the tourists, the ones who will go and spend all of their hard earned in the club shop go and come out with like about four carrier bags full whereas us you know the majority of us just like go rock up to the game probably lucky if they get a drink out of us you know at half time <laughs> and then we're home afterwards or straight straight to town they're not interested in us um so yeah it's 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 we're probably been a bit of a turning point here where i mean when we're being asked to pay, I know I know it's like the most expensive ticket, but when we're being, when certain fans are being asked to pay nearly sixty-five quid a game, and you know we, we tweeted out from the fantastic account, didn't we? The uh, the quality of I'm using air quotes here entertainment that we're getting at home games this year, where we we can't score and not even the opposition are scoring. Like most games are finishing one nil or something. Value for money's not there. What's what? Why why would people go? So yeah. I think it's a really, really tight spot at the minute. And I think we, because we, we keep mentioning the 63-quid thing because it's ridiculous, but a Category B game behind the goal is over 40 quid. How is that normal? How is that How is that sane? <laughs> I know Leeds are charging 47 in the Championship, with that, but that's them. This is this is here, and you charge... Right, well... Yeah. But you are charging... What is that... Tw- you could probably pay 40-odd quid in the Steve Ball five, six years ago for a match ticket. And that's a, that's for a better better view. Probably not the better, better facilities, obviously, but a better view on the side, tactical view. Um, and now you're paying the same to sit behind the goal and get wet. Why? Just greed, like everything else. Um Let's quickly mention a couple of other comments that he made, and then we'll turn to some of the comments in in the chat as well. Still time to get your comments in. Let's um, go through as many as we can. Andy, talking about Kalajic and talking about young players, it's not fair to put too much pressure on him, Kalajic. Young players not quite ready, can't put pressure on them. Probably the fairest of all of, this, all of the assumptions that were made. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I think only today it's been talked that that uh, Kalajic looked sharp in uh, an under twenty one game that was played against Manchester mm-hmm. City Academy. Um, there's got to be the slightest, tiniest chink of light in this otherwise deep, dank existence that Kalajic, Fabio, if he stays, there's something going on there. And you know, is is Lopetegui right to? diminish some of the um some of the excitement about that because of the pressure potentially i think he needs to a little bit because if he comes back and the fans are expecting him to be a 20 goal a season superstar 
it's going to get pear-shaped when we've got a player who he's just come back from an ACL and I think he had an ACL this season before, is that right? Or he had quite a major knee injury the year before as well. So he's coming off the back of two pretty long-term injuries. So I do think he has to dampen expectations slightly with Kalajic. Mm-hmm. Does beg the question why they decided to let Raul go when Kalajic isn't going to be 100% ready from day one. And obviously there's the cloud hanging over Fabio's future. But obviously that, that's another discussion for another podcast. Um, the, the Fabio situation is just a fucking mess. Let's call a spade a spade there. I mean, he's, was it his agent, I believe, saying what he said. And nothing seems to have been resolved. We don't appear to have had any interest or there's been nothing reported interest-wise. So it looks like he's going to be here. And if he's going to be here, does he want to be here? Is he going to give his all for the season? You know, it's... Yeah. He needs to dampen expectations. He will... Apparently he did... He was um, looking as as good as Sasha did in that game as well because he played in that as well as playing against Porto yesterday when in his bit of his cameo and he, and he did to be fair to him he did put himself about um, in that Porto he game. Sharp, to be fair to him, you know, for a friendly coming on quite late in the day, and it was a tough tackling match in fairness, but he, he looked like he was up to the challenge. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping he's up for it because he could be something special. And plus, if we do mm. sell him, we're going to lose fucking money on him, and we can't yeah. really afford to do that right now. Um, one one question for for Price. Um, the fancast HQ have messaged in. Uh, if Lopetegui really wants the numbers, knowing Pedence and others may be leaving, why have we let Chiquinho go out on loan? It's a good <laughs> question. I suppose the th- the thing with Chiquinho is that he's another one, isn't it? He's just come back from from long term injury, and unlike out and out striker position, we we kind of do have at least some other options. You know, in the positions where. Chiquinho would play, and I'm looking for like um, Neto and Sarabia, Huang in those particular positions. So, in terms of Chiquinho's development, and this bears the hallmarks of of um, Fabio Silva, actually, it's going to be better for his development if we just loan him out to a team who we know will just play consistently over a season rather than getting just bits of minutes here and there, which is what you'll probably get with us. Mm-hmm. It's not going to help us. It's not going to help him in his development. And I say Fabio because that's what we did originally. This could be, you know, I'll put my cape on and be Captain Hindsight for a minute. But when we got Fabio, the first thing we should have done was loaned him out mm-hmm. and play him for a season. Mm-hmm. Um, we've saw the benefits that that gives players. I mean, Fabio last season, he's benefited from his loan spells. I've no doubt that Chiquinho will go out and be a superstar at Stoke. I've already seen some of the tweets um, from some of the fans already, that the Clayhead fans who've been impressed with him already after like one game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so. And that, that bears fruit. I, I honestly think it's going to be beneficial for all parties involved with, with what we've done. Um, and with the Pedence reference, I mean, it... He was always going to go, wasn't he? He had, he had the fallout with Lopetegui last last season. Um, he splits opinion. He doesn't look like he's interested anymore. He probably doesn't want to be sitting around in Tetnal in this rain anymore. He'd rather be somewhere else. So I expect him to be gone fairly soon, to be honest. Yeah. And that, right. that's, if, that's if someone comes in for him and you're looking at the, where he was going to go if signs Isco instead. By the looks of it, so that's one one less yeah, um, place for him to be sent to. Um, and it's again, it's like what I was saying last year about Adama. If he was that good, it's, he'd, someone would want him, and he's, he hasn't got a club. <laughs> and I think with with Chiquinho as well, I, I'm not convinced he's going to be back here in January, regardless of how, he, how well he plays at Stoke. Because if you look at how he played against Porto yesterday and, and in the friendlies already, we're not playing with wingers anymore. <laughs> No, we didn't really anyway, but we're playing very narrow. He, he, he's got no place here. He's like a man at a, man at a time again. So it, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he's, he's sent a stoke to fatten him up, to sell him off. And we, we, don't, ever see, we don't even see him. Let's, um, let's finish up this, uh, this podcast with some quick fire questions. It's your last opportunity for those watching along live to get kind of your comments and questions in. And we'll go, uh, we'll go quick fire with this. So, 
Andy, from your point of view, where will end, where will Adama end up playing this season? Uh, I, I do think he'll probably go to Saudi Arabia eventually. I think he probably wants to stay in Europe, but it appears that no one wants to pay the wage that he thinks he deserves. Whereas in Saudi Arabia, he would be a big name in a smaller pond. Obviously, as well, being a Muslim player returning to you know a, a Muslim country, I think would be very good for his profile too. So I think eventually he probably will find his way there after trying several routes to stay in Europe unsuccessfully. Fair. Stu, as someone that has to decide whether he has a piss or a pint on a match day, what have, what have Fosun uh, done to the ground in the time that they have owned us? Um, have you seen major improvements to the stadium in the many, many years that you've been frequenting Molyneux since the uh, since the Fosun, the Fosun regime? They replaced all the seats once, didn't they? To match the North Bank. You know, the North Bank seats are faded, so it's all pointless. And they didn't even do the, the whole of the Steve Bull. They only did the bottom part, the parts that are on the cameras. So, yeah, it's they tarted it up and put the, the rail seating in. That's it. Yeah. Um, Price, we'll, we'll throw this one to you for, for speculation purposes. What's going on with Matinho for the type of backdoor exits? Um, you know, no video content thanking Matinho or Adama at the time at the club. Um, is this a case of actually uh, better out with less fanfare as possible based on kind of the weird exit at the end of the season? This is like the mystery that I'm, I'm desperate to solve. Like, I won't be happy <laughs> until we've got some answers on this. It, it nearly keeps me up at night. Um, it's baff- <laughs> I've said it multiple times on 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 this podcast and in like our group chat. Um, I'm still completely baffled about what's gone on with with him, a player of such professionalism, such high standards, and has been such a legendary player for us. Just basically downs tools and decides he doesn't want to be seen on Molyneux the last two that last two games. Doesn't want to be involved and slinks out the back door. And no teams like, you know, this, but there's been no interest about him. Talk about Adama as well there. There's been no interest around him. Anyone like, we all assumed, you know, if we were laying odds that he would just go back to, to Portugal, wouldn't they? One of the, one of the main Portuguese teams for a year or so, maybe like have a, have a year as a squad player in the Champions League team back at, back at Portugal. Um, it's just, it, it, it's baffling. I, I, I can't, whether there's been a massive fallout with Lopetegui and Matinho, I know Matinho didn't play much, but I think he probably got like the grand total of about a minute in the last six games of the season. But so what? I mean, managers and players fall out all the time. There's, there's no, nothing that's as serious as literally wanting to disown everything in relation to the club. Um, so um, either we've got to wait 10 years for his memoirs to come out and then we'll find out, or when he eventually signs for wherever his next club is, we can finally get some answers. But I mean, as you've seen, Neves, Cody, Raul have all had like the special media team treatment. I think, correct me if I'm he, wrong, guys. But he, he, saw, he had one. Wolves did do one on the 2nd, 2nd of June. He had a, Joe Martino, it's been a privilege. Wolf had... Oh well, I mean, he's, he's had like a, he's had a bit, as in, but he's had nothing compared to like no. the other three. Yeah, main, main the standards of the other, the other uh, montages really? and stuff, absolutely. Um, an incredible question from Danny P in the chat. This is what this is why we do this podcast. Which would you rather see, Dawson with Totty's new trim, or Sasa with Ryan's long hair, Andy? Oh, Sasa with Rayan's um, when he had his throw. Because like, that was a class do anyway, so I think that would look really good. Especially having a big striker with that as well. You'd have like the, the Fellaini um, treatment for players. <laughs> like, just that, that throw alone could get you 10 goals a season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going on, a little, little bonus content here to just see us out for the rest of the episode. The rest of the transfer window, we as Fancast will, of course, do with trying to transfer roundup update. And we're going to try and implement a bit more of this kind of reactionary pods, not just for episodes, but for breaking news. Give me, Stu, take off that tinfoil hat and bring out the crystal ball. What does the rest of the transfer window look like for Wolves so we can click this and mock you for it for the rest of time? <laughs> I still think the whole thing is just a charade. And I still think we'll probably spend 
significant amounts of money on about four or five players. I, I thought something's felt off all along, and I said before that I'll just wait. And then you, we had the thing from John Percy in last week or the week before saying it'll be end of July, start of August when Wolves do the business. Well, we're nearly at the end of uh, end of July, start of August. Sorry, we're nearly at the end of July now. So it's either this at the end of the next few days or the start of next week when things start happening. If things have changed since then and all this stuff is true, then we've got bigger things to worry about. But I just don't believe it is. So I think we'll probably spend at least fifty million on four players. Mm, it's, uh, that's a bold statement, and um, you, you must be glowing based on that kind of uh, <laughs> optimism, Stu, because you're looking well, according to uh, to Glenn. Um, Andy, give me your kind of transfer window uh, future visions. Yeah, I think, like Johnny Phillips said, they wanted to make a 50 million profit this summer. I think what they'll do is we'll probably see where the things like by the end of the weekend and then we'll we'll spend whatever the difference is between whatever we've got by the end of this weekend and 50 million. So if we've got, if we've been given, I don't know, 80 million, we'll spend about 30 and I can see us spending it on probably about four players in total because we do need four players. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they come out and said that in in response to what's happened and we've had to put in extra investment, like they've changed their mind and they're the good guys all like of a sudden. they're doing us a favour. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that happened. I'd suddenly find some investors yeah. somewhere. Um, Adrian Richards, here's one. You're a pretty anti-Frozen channel based on my first <laughs> Where's the balance? <laughs> Well, to be fair, I could, you know, Adrian, given the, given the, you know, what we've uh, seen over the last week, two weeks or so, I think we've tried to be as balanced as possible. We could have been a lot oh, worse. I think we do appreciate it at the moment. What, it, what was that? What was that from? I'm sorry that we can't sing their name from the rooftops at the moment. Why do? Why doesn't Adrian write back in? Uh, in his pro uh ways, well, we've got time just to uh, balance it out for us. Yeah, we'll give you we'll give you uh, a minute or two, uh, Adrian, to give us some uh, give us some something positive that we can uh, that we can look forward to. Um, <laughs> so we're looking at this. Uh, Dean Marsden in the chat. He's had this mindset since the start. Always thought they'd put the narrative out and then come in like knights in shining armor, standard propaganda tactics. Um, David in the chat as well. He agrees with Stu. Spending still could come. Why show? You're hard to the transfer market. Uh, your mm. hand to the transfer oh. market. And Roy on Facebook. Uh, thanks for joining us on Facebook, Roy. Didn't Wolves want to go down the Brighton route because they signed players for roughly six to ten million? And that was kind of the the um, the mantra we were told at the start of the window. Wolves have had success and want to make these smaller. If six to ten million could ever be considered small, you know those kind of signings that Wolves have had success with um, in the past. Um, where did where have we got this idea in our head that we're going to be signing these 35, 40, 50 million pound players or even 25 million pound players? Where have we got that idea? Or is it because we've been told that we've put bids in and then we now actually don't have the money for it? Well, for me, I, mean, I know they said, they said the smaller figures, but the smaller figures were up to 15. That's where I got mine from. So if you're saying f four players on on that, well, you're talking sixty. So that, that's just where I, where I'm coming from. Obviously, not, we're not going to get four players for fifteen million quid each. They're not going to. They probably won't spend that much, but they could. Like we've already discussed. They probably yeah. um, they probably should give us an esports update and lighten the mood a little bit, shouldn't they? That you can get. You can buy the merch though on the shop. Esports um, t-shirts. Is a pro? Is it a pro version? One hundred and fifteen quid a pop. <laughs> <laughs> a, fr a friend of mine messaged me earlier saying, um, "You know, if we'd have put the if we'd have pulled the rollover money from the Astro Pay game at half time, that's at least paid for like uh, you know some signing of a Forest Green player or something <laughs> like that." Um, I'll pay but the Bollards that will. Yeah, exactly. I've never yeah. heard more about bollards in the last kind of three or four days um, than I have ever. It's absolutely bizarre. Listen, um, we're going to call it a day there. Um, thank you very, very much for watching those uh, that have 
interacted with us on the channel as well in the chat everybody on facebook twitter and um youtube as well at wolf fancast on the socials yes we are on tiktok as well and starting to put content out on there so add us on that platform as well for your up-to-date news of everything walls we will be doing um more of these reactionary kind of podcasts and youtube live videos so if you'd like to see that kind of content please comment please like please subscribe to the youtube channel it really helps us grow and put out as much content as we can Again, thanks to everybody in the chat for uh, making uh, this uh, episode what it is. We really do like to interact with you guys and uh, girls as much as physically possible. So for now, Stu, Andy, Pricey, thank you as well, gents, for coming on and turning this shit show just that little bit sweeter. It has been a pleasure with you this evening. Um, take it easy, everybody. Look after yourselves, and we will be back. We will be back with more Wolves fan, fancast content. <laughs> over the upcoming weeks. Speak to you soon. Watch. <laughs> it would be a Wolves fan, eh? I'm going to 